0: Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 272 of the podcast. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, I think we're still in all three of those places. Anyway, um, I don't know. I can never watch the show live because I'm on it. So there's that. Um, No UFC this weekend, but we did have... Uh, Bellator and um, a fairly new promotion Eagle FC which is Khabib Nurmagomedov's uh, promotion that he's been pushing. Um, I did catch that Uh, so we can talk about that and we can preview the upcoming UFC card and um, maybe talk about some other stuff. Who knows how Mark is, is letting me know that we are live in all three locations. So Mark is super diligent because he's he's got his notifications set everywhere. So if you don't and you want to catch the show live, make sure you turn on your notifications. Um, and it's probably a good idea to uh, do it for all three because you never know when we're going to get kicked off of Facebook again or banned from YouTube or you know, if Neil Young starts protesting me and uh, I'm not on Amazon Music or anything anymore, um, you know, anything could happen. Anything could happen. I could get canceled on on some platforms, or I'll have to go on like the dark net or something. I don't know. This stuff's all over my head. In any case, uh, I'm drinking some Mictor's Rye today. A little Rye whiskey. Because it's, uh, it's kind of chilly here. Uh, and when I say that, I mean it was like, you know, 45 degrees this morning. Now it's like 56 degrees, which is probably beautiful compared to where a lot of you are with blizzards and everything going on. It's funny because people from back home always will ask me like how the weather is here and then get mad at me because the weather is nice. And I'm always like, well... I'm not forcing you to live in fucking Saskatchewan. So what are you you doing with your life? Why don't you just live somewhere that it's warmer if you don't like the cold? That's what I did. But um, I don't know. People want to get mad at you and be bitter because uh, you have nice weather. In any case, rye whiskey, it's got a a little bit more of a spice to it than bourbon, which is nice uh, on a cool day like today. So... I'm just drinking this straight um it's got a little um like bourbon-y sweetness to it um not too much bite on the spice which i like uh sometimes the rise can be a little bit overpowering with the spice but this one is um really well balanced i think so cheers everybody all right let's um let's talk some mma um I was hesitant about this Eagle FC. You know, I heard a while back that um, Khabib was was doing his own promotion, and it didn't it didn't really pique my interest. You know, I can't I can't picture Khabib being able to sell me something. You know, unless it's like uh, you know wrestling techniques. something like that you know i i just can't picture him in that promoter promoter role but um it does make sense having a former fighter uh be a promoter you know it's worked in boxing (laughs) actually in boxing you can be an active fighter and be a promoter like floyd mayweather um but you know oscar de la hoya always did a nice job with golden boy um the idea behind it is since it's promoted by a fighter, they have the fighters in mind, um, which I think is great. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a carpenter, you want, you know, the head of your union or whoever to be a former carpenter or something. You don't want like an electrician who's just allowed to be the head of the, uh, union because he's not looking out for the carpenters i don't know in any case i wasn't interested i did not watch it live um but i heard a little bit of buzz about it a few people texted me and said hey check it out um so i i went on and it was a free event and the main event uh Sergey Karatanov and Tyrone Spong if you're not familiar with these guys um Tyrone Spong is an incredible kickboxer uh, he he transitioned to MMA and then he had to take a long time off because he snapped his leg in half uh, in, a, in a kickboxing fight i believe or not in half like it wasn't it wasn't like the Anderson Silva break where you know his leg was going in two different directions, but he did uh, break his shin, I believe, in a fight. So he had to take some time off. Sergey Karatanov has been around forever. So he, you guys are probably familiar with him. Uh big old Russian dude. Um <clears throat> I liked this fight on paper because you know Karatanov is is a striker, but he's the more well-rounded as an MMA fighter. Um, t- whereas Tyrone Spong is basically just a kickboxer um, and relies on his kickboxing and MMA. Um, and mind you, Tyrone Spong usually fights at light heavyweight. Uh, and I think that was his downfall in this fight. And, you know, credit to him for taking on a monster like Karatanov. Um, but you're talking about a 40 pound weight difference there, because Tyrone Spong weighed in like, 220-something. Karatanov walks around, like, 258, 260, somewhere in there. Um, He might even be bigger now. Um, And, you know, Karatanov was just waiting for Spong to kick, uh, and then he would catch the kick and and put him down, uh, beat him up on the ground for the first round. Spong looked like he had no idea how to get off his back, and even if he did that's where that 40 pound weight difference really comes into play. Like that's, that's huge. We talk about in the lower weight classes, when somebody misses weight, like how much of an advantage that is and how often the person who misses weight ends up winning the fight. Uh, You know, those statistics are pretty staggering. And, and you're talking about a handful of pounds in those cases, like maybe seven, eight pounds, in the most extreme cases, up to, you know, after rehydrating, maybe 12 pounds uh, difference. Uh, but 40 pounds, uh, you have a guy like that on top of you, that's that's exhausting and that's scary, quite frankly. Um, so Karatanov, even though he's known for his striking, um, you know, he, he just basically used it to close the distance and would catch the kicks. It was kind of funny because Kamaru Usman was one of the broadcasters. And in the beginning of the match, he was saying, uh, oh, Spong has to remember not to just use his boxing. He has to remember he's a kickboxer too and uses kicks. And then he got the kick caught in the middle of that round and spent the whole round on his back. At the end of that round, Usman was like, he needs to stop kicking altogether. He can't take the risk <laughs> because he can't end up with Karatanov on top of him again. Um The end of the fight was pretty brutal. Karatanov got to Mount and then he trapped uh, one of Spong's arms. And then he was holding the other arm uh, with his hand up in the air and just blasting him with punches. And the, the ref had to step in and stop it. And Spong wasn't knocked out or anything, but he was just in a position where he had a guy 40 pounds heavier than him on top of him, punching him in the face and he wasn't able to defend himself. So, TKO for the old man, Sergei Karatanov. This guy, I mean, let me just pull up real quick his record. This guy fought in Pride, in Bellator, all over the place. Fought Czech Congo, knocked out Matt Mitrione, knocked out Roy Nelson, uh, Joey Beltran. Who else? He fought Overeem a couple of times. Knocked out Andre Orlovsky back in 2011. That's when Orlovsky was super scary. I mean, you get it. He's got a lot of experience. Knocked out Pedro, Pedro Hizo. There's a throwback name. How many of you remember Pedro Hizo? That's old school UFC. He's got a win over Fabrizio Doom. Uh, he's been at it a while. his first fight was in 2000. so 22 years uh, Carratana has been been at it. Um, I, I just thought as far as this fight went, it was it was a physical mismatch like uh, Cartnov was was just too big. Um, you know, besides that, I thought the production was great on this and the only thing I didn't care for, All right, I guess I'll start with the negative. Um, They had a four man broadcast team, which I am never a fan of. I remember the PFL did that when they first started. I just feel like it's too much. Like even sometimes, even the three man uh, team can can be a little bit much. Um, And for this, it worked well though because you had Chael Sonnen, you had Henry Cejudo, Kamara Usman, and then some other guy who's the like the professional broadcaster uh you know john Annick type role um and and they worked well they all all four of them had good chemistry and they they weren't stepping on each other's toes except when something like really exciting was happening then they were kind of you know it's four guys kind of talking over each other and um but other than that, I thought that commentary was great. I mean, you guys know I'm a big fan of chill. So I, I was going to enjoy his commentary no matter what. I thought Henry Cejudo would be annoying as a commentator, but uh, he actually did a good job. Um, you know, he was professional. He had some good insight. Um, you, you know, he would he would respectfully disagree with the other guys and then back up his points. Um I, I thought it, it was good. They all had a, a good chemistry together, um, so that was cool. I w- I would like to see, um, I would like to see a three man team. Um, at one point though, Usman, this is uh, like one of the first fights on the main card. I, I can't remember which one he said this during. He was giving advice to guys appearing in the show, and he's like, "If you want to make it to the UFC and make it to that next level, uh, you have to do A, B, and C." And I don't know if he even realizes he he put his foot in his mouth because obviously he's the champion of the UFC. He's of the belief that the best fighters are there, but he's working for Eagle FC. I would think he'd have to kind of push that brand so that, you know, make it sound like they're on the same level as the UFC. It's not, they're not like the B team, you know, like we have world-class fighters here too. Um, So a, a little slip up there by the champ, but, uh, I don't, I don't know if he would have even realized or if anybody would have told him like, Hey, um, maybe don't say that the next level after this is the UFC, maybe, uh, you know, try and make it sound like we're on the same tier here, which, uh, you know, they put on some great fights. Uh, I re- I really enjoy this card. I, I didn't think I was going to, um, and, and even, like the pre-fight stuff, the pre-fight package they put together was really cool because they had, uh, Kamaru, Chael, Cejudo, and Khabib just kind of sitting, uh in a cage and, and talking about which fights they were excited for. And even that was good. Um, they all had a good, good chemistry there. Um, it Khabib, of course is very stiff, uh, on the microphone, very stoic, but you know, he he gave that very Khabib esque like matter of fact breakdown. Um, you know, it's just he's right to the point. He's like, "Oh, this is going to be a good fight because this is tough guy." You know, just you know, right to it. No, <laughs> no fluff from Khabib. Um, and it the best part about it is like he's the promoter. He's supposed to be like the Dana White Scott Coker. Um, but he's, he's just not, he's not a salesman. He's not like, oh, you guys have to tune in. He's just like, you know, this is going to be good violence and, you know, watch it if you want. If not, I don't care. That's kind of like kind of his approach. But, um, yeah, once I, once I saw Chael was on there, I was, I was in, um, so I, and then they actually did put a good card together. So Rashad Evans makes a comeback. And um, I was a little worried when I saw uh, Rashad on there. I think he's 42 years old. Uh, we all remember how his UFC career ended five losses in a row, whatever it was, it seemed like, um, he, you know, he was getting knocked out a bunch and it just wasn't healthy for him to continue fighting anymore. He goes away for however many years, becomes a fruitarian or a fruitarian. So he basically only eats like fruit and vegetables. So it's like more, more extreme than, than vegan. Cause I don't think he's even eating any grains or, uh, you know, tofu or anything. I think it's just fruit and vegetables. So that's a little concerning. Like you're a high level athlete and you're you're taking in zero protein it doesn't seem to make sense so i didn't think this was gonna go well for rashad it did you know he took Checo down and and held him down i, I wouldn't say like beat him up bad but he, you know dominated the fight uh he got stuck in a in a couple of leg entanglements and was able to get out of them. apparently Checo is a good leg lock guy so you know, Rashad was able to scramble and, and stay on top and, you know, he used that old school Rashad Evans uh, top pressure, that that hip pressure. He's always had some of the heaviest hips in, in MMA, uh, you know, big dude, strong wrestler. That's the way it goes. So congrats to Rashad. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what his plans are, if he's going to continue fighting or, You know, he just wanted to end his career on a win. And, you know, if that's the case, then congratulations, Rashad. Um, But, yeah, it was interesting because, you know, nobody has great memories of the end of Rashad's career in the UFC. Like, it wasn't pretty, uh, especially if you were a fan of Rashad, which, you know, I feel like most people are. One of the favorite stories that I've had told on this podcast was, by my buddy Billy Q, when he talked about the time he grappled Rashad Evans uh, in a hotel hallway after one of his fights, and I guess there was some alcohol involved. And there's Billy with packets of blue cheese in his in his jacket that he had to he had to take off his jacket to demonstrate a <laughs> a grappling technique on Rashad. And then the next thing, they were just rolling in the hallway. Um, yeah so there was that then uh the best fight of the night if you guys want to go back and watch this this card was free by the way it was on uh flex flx um and all you had to do is give your email oh, just lost the page there all you had to do is give your email address there we go saved it um and, and you were able to log on and watch this, the fight I would recommend going back to watch, there's a couple actually, but um, Ray Borg and Cody Gibson. Um, this fight was good. This was, um, you know, Ray Borg moved up to 135, which I think everybody thinks he should have done a long time ago. Um, he looked, it, He looked like he put on weight, but not like good weight. Like he looked a little bit bloated, um, but I still think that, you know, he could lean out a little bit and still fight at 135. He's saying he still wants to make the run at 125. He just feels better. He feels quicker there, you know, whatever the case. Um, But, yeah, I think 35 is the place for him. However, in the beginning of this fight, uh, Cody's a a big kid. Um, Let me look up real quick how tall he is, but he looked – he looked much bigger and much longer than Ray Borg. Um, let's see, where's his height? All right, all right, 5'10 at 135. That's gigantic. 135 pounds, five foot ten. Um, so he was beating Ray Borg up a lot. Like, uh, it's possible the first round could have been a 10 8. Um, but then Borg comes back. Um Finds his range, starts lighting Cody Gibson up, bloodies his face up in the second round, and then gets him on the ground, smothers him there. Um, it it was a really awesome come from behind. Uh, win. You got to be happy when you see Ray Borg win, like even as frustrating as it was when he was missing weight all the time in the UFC. You know, when the guy went through everything he did with his son and the medical issues, um, you got to you got to be happy for the guy putting a little extra money in his pocket, but it really was a great fight. It was the best I've ever seen him look, you know, after the first round, Um, but he was able to really dig deep there. So that was uh, an impressive performance. I guess, you know, once you, once you've been to such a dark place um, as having your child, um, you know, really ill um, and, and, fearing for their life, getting in a cage fight, um, probably doesn't seem all that scary. Um, I would imagine, you know, I, I can't put myself in his shoes. I can't even, <clears throat> ah, it's tough to think about as another parent. Um, but yeah, a really good performance, really good. Come from behind win. Um, Ramzan Karamagamadov. Uh, just completely suffocated John Howard for three rounds. Um, John Howard has been around a long time too. Uh, doomsday. He was over in the UFC for a while. I'm sure you guys remember. I don't have to tell you guys this. I know if you're listening to this show, like you're, you're in MMA pretty deep. I don't have to, I don't have to condescend to you guys. I feel like. No, it is in my nature for the most part. Ask my wife. Um, let's see. Raymond Magomed Aliyev, uh, against Anthony Njukawani. Uh, this was a first round TKO. Uh, some people thought Njukawani was okay. Um, but you know, he just took too many unanswered blows. So, a uh, referee had to step in there. They also have like the referee cams for this. Um, it was kind of cool for some angles so you could see exactly what they're looking at. I feel like the it's good for the finishes, but I don't know. I I wonder if it if it impairs the the referee at all, just like having something on their face that they can feel there. Um, you know, does that slow down their reaction time or something? I would be concerned about that. Um and and those close-up shots are cool of the finishes and everything, but You know, is it worth it? I don't know. Um, Another thing I did like about, um, oh, two other things I did like about this new promotion is, one, they have the 165-pound division. So it goes 155, 165, 175. So they essentially created two new divisions that don't have rankings yet. Um, I've been saying for the longest time, it it makes so much sense to make that 165-pound division. Like, you're, you're talking about... You know, the the most average size of males um, would be fighting, you know, between the 155 pound and 170 pound weight class. Like most guys, you know, the average height for men is, I don't know, 5'9", 5'10", something like that. So most guys are going to be in those weight classes. Why is that the weight class with one of the biggest gaps besides between, you know, middleweight and... light heavyweight. I think it just makes sense. So they have the 65 and they have the the 75. I I think it's good that a promotion is starting to do that and we can establish rankings and make a better case for it down the line. (laughs) All right. Um, oh, and the other thing I just said, there were two things I liked about it. I just started drinking guys. I swear. Um, The other thing I liked about it, they, they have like more of the pride style gloves, um, where the, the, the fingers are curved a little bit, which, you know, I think doesn't hinder the grappling at all. And it, and it forces you to not have your fingers extended, which would reduce, uh, the eye pokes and everything, which is a big issue, uh, with the glove style where you can extend your fingers straight out, um there's really no reason to ever have your hand fully extended because even if you're grappling, you know, you want to have more of like a hook or a claw um, than a spatula, so to speak. Uh, what else went on here? <clears throat> this was a, an interesting one. Dylan Salvador uh, TK win over Armand Ospinov. So basically in between the second and third round, Ospinov's corner decided not to send him out. Um, for the third round, which was responsible of them. He had a leg injury. It was, his leg was bleeding, and um, it, it just seemed like he wasn't going to have an opportunity to win the fight. So, you know, they, they saved him from uh, being out there. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough call as a coach. Like, um, I've never been in that situation, but I often think about what I would do um if i was like you you kind of know you you know your fighters like you know who's resilient and who can take a beating for two rounds and still possibly walk away with it and you know who is probably gonna continue to take a beating for another five minutes and you know if you're able to make that distinction you got to make the responsible choice so um you know, good on those coaches for, for pulling their fighter out of there when they knew he didn't have a chance to win. Jorgen De Castro, who I've always liked, I've always been a fan of. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what happened between him and the UFC. I know he had a few fights over there. Um, he, he's exciting, man. He's he's one of these heavyweights that just goes for broke. He throws everything hard. Um, bad intentions. And he submitted Sean Asher with a, a standing guillotine that was actually really nice. Um, this is another one I recommend you guys go and check out. Um, just go right on the the Flex website or if, what is it again? <laughs> Flexcast, F-L-X-C-A-S-T. Um, go on there and, and check out this fight. This was, uh, I believe this one was on the prelims uh but yeah just sent Sean Asher back up against the up against the cage and then um you got a hold of that neck and it it got really vicious when he like pushed his hips into it and i think there was some kind of controversy where um Sean Asher uh didn't remember tapping or something uh but it was you know very clear i guess you know you got his blood cut off to his brain maybe he forgot he tapped or something but it was it was a vicious guillotine by de castro so i would i would be interested in seeing him fight again like there there was so many reasons that i would consider tuning into this again um and there's not even a a subscription or anything you know so i don't know if they're going to continue just doing these fights for free or if you know they have I don't know whatever sponsorship deal they have worked out. I don't know what where their money's coming from or anything like that, but I I'll plan to look into it. So I'll let you guys know what I dig up. Um, and I don't know if they're gonna end up going to like a subscription thing, which I think is not bad. Like I'm even on the the bare knuckle one, it's like four bucks a month. Uh, and you get every card on there, so that's not bad. Uh I wish the UFC would move some to something like that, even if it's like 25 bucks a month or something and you get every pay-per-view like i would i would pay that i think that'd be worth it and you get all the other content like you know ultimate fighter contender series you get all that stuff too um i'd say that'd be worth it better than paying 75 bucks a month for a pay-per-view whatever it is now 80 something with tax um Okay. Demarcus Jackson knocked out the undefeated, previously undefeated Miles Hunsinger. That was a good fight. Uh, Sean Bunch, um, who a, a lot of you may remember, he's been around a while too. He was uh, one of Henry Cejudo's, uh main training partners uh, when he was getting ready for the Olympics. Really great wrestler. Um, he was an Olympic alternate twice, I believe super speedy really fast takedowns um he got his ass whipped in the first round of this fight it was similar to the Ray Borg fight um but then you know experience took over and he was able to come from behind and uh oh wait was it i think it might have been the second round he got beat up in and he won the first and the third um it, in any case he he got beat up bad in one round but um took the other two and I can't remember which was what. Um, But ends up getting a unanimous decision win over uh, Ferdaz Kazanov. Um, Let's see. Did I watch these fights? I didn't. I don't think I watched the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Loic Radzibov. uh, First-round guillotine win over Zach Zane. Two first-round guillotines. It's very uh, unusual for a fight card. But... um, I enjoyed this Eagle FC man. Um, it was good, and and I was able to watch it. You know, just I just had it on my computer. I was straightening up my garage, um, cleaning up the new cabinets I just put up last week when I had COVID. Oh look, my cup is showing the green screen that I never have turned on. It looks like um for those of you. On the video, it looks like I'm drinking out of a brick cup here. Um, okay, so Eagle FC, thumbs up, man. I'm on board. You know, let me know when the next card is, and uh, I'm all about it. Uh, Bellator was on last night, and let's see if I can uh pull up the card here. All right, here we got it. Um, man, I, I'm I'm, I'm going the other way with Bellator like they they've been on the decline for me and I, I want to be a fan like I I do believe the best case scenario for the fighters and for the fans is for there to be good competition with the promotions so I've always been rooting for another promotion to you know get up there with the UFC and and be competitive to the point where you know maybe they have to talk about doing some super fights cuz we really need to find out you know who the best in the world is as of right now bellator is probably the number two number three promotion you know there's one but they're they're doing things uh a little bit different over there as in you know not allowing uh fighters to really cut weight, um, encouraging steroids, and whatever other uh, differences are going on there. But it really is the best case for everybody uh, if another promotion does well. I just can't – I don't know what it is about Bellator. I don't know if it's it's the production, the commentary – The the lackluster fight cards, like I couldn't, I had a hard time even putting this on, and and that's the thing with Bellator too is, ever since they went to the the DAZN platform, the D A Z N, um, it's been just too difficult to find. Now it's on Showtime, and I don't have Showtime, so I have to find other means to watch it, like like somebody else's Showtime account, or you know other means that I wouldn't necessarily endorse on this show um it's just hard man it's hard to get excited for bellator <clears throat> even though you know i might be <clears throat> i might be contradicting myself because i was you know just telling you how much i enjoyed the eagle fc and they do a lot of similar things like they got some older fighters that you know, are, are ready to be led out to pasture in there, you know, with some name recognition and, but I don't know, man, there's something about Bellator. Maybe like their belt is too cheesy looking. I just can't get on board with it. Um, I only caught the main event and the co-main event. And I think one other fight on this one, but the main event didn't do anything to me or for me. Uh, Ryan Bader, unanimous decision win over Valentin Moldovsky. Uh, It's hard, man. It's hard to. I'm trying so hard to be positive here, but it's hard to give something credibility when here we saw, you know, Ryan Bader was struggling in the UFC at light heavyweight. And now he's the heavyweight champion in Bellator. Like what, what does that say kind of about the level of talent? there um and honestly i i think bader is talented and i think he would even do well in the current landscape of light heavyweights um in the ufc um it's just hard to buy him as like the heavyweight champ and like could you see bader in there with nganu um i mean Maybe you could see him in there with with, uh, Gon after we saw how Gon struggles with the the wrestling. Um, But other than that, could you see Bader and Derek Lewis after seeing how Bader and Rumble Johnson went uh, years back? (sighs) Bader and Curtis Blades might be fun. That would be a good one because Bader is one of the only people that has the wrestling pedigree to deal with Curtis Blades. But I think Blades would still be too big. Um, you know, it would be similar to the Tyrone Spong and uh, Karatanov matchup. But yeah, this fight, I, I was kind of in and out on it. It was very exciting for me. Uh, if you want more detail on the Bellator card, I know my buddy Eddie Law, who does the Keyboard Warriors podcast, I know he was there live covering it. <clears throat> so check out those guys, subscribe to them. They go live on Wednesday evenings. Uh, you guys know Eddie. He was on the show two weeks ago. Um, so go check him out for uh, a better breakdown on the rest of this card. Benson Henderson, split decision win over Islam Mamedav. Um <clears throat> I kind of thought Benson was, was kind of gifted a decision here. Um Mark says no USADA and Bellator just saying, yeah, the, the steroid test in Bellator is multiple choice. Uh, it's like, are you a on steroids? B not on steroids or C? I do not wish to respond. And like, no matter which one you check, you're good. They're letting you fight. Um, so Benson Henderson, uh, I'm glad to see him break a a five-fight losing streak. You know, it's similar to uh, the Rashad Evans scenario. But then they were saying, like, since nobody wanted to fight Mamadov, that if Benson won, he would be given a title shot. So, I don't know. What's going on in a promotion where you can have a guy lose five fights in a row, he wins one fight against a guy nobody wants to fight, and then he gets a title shot? Like, what's going on? what's going on in that division um you know i'm happy for benson henderson he's you know he's a he's a legend he's had some some epic fights <clears throat> but um yeah i don't know what do you, what does it say about your division a guy gets a title shot after losing five in a row <clears throat> and then he wins one fight um, <clears throat> some things that look interesting on here, Sabah so submits Jaleel Willis uh, with an arm triangle in the first round. I will go back and watch that. Enrique Barzola, who I always found uh, entertaining when he was in the UFC, TKO over Darian Caldwell, so <clears throat> that's an impressive performance. And Christopher Gonzalez, uh, head kick knockout of Sada Wad, 36 seconds into the first round. I will watch that one as well. And I don't know any of the rest of these guys. So there's that. Yeah, I might go back and watch a few of those. It's just... I don't know. I get so... Uh, I I just can't get excited about, um, about Bellator. Uh, I lost my uh, UFC card. Bring this up here. All right. So next week, UFC Fight Night 200... Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. This is a really fun fight. It's going to be at the apex. Um, Hermanson is a really good grappler, but then, you you know, how's this... Grappling is very... How can I put this? Grappling is very much based on your confidence. Like, you have to be confident to pull off grappling. You can't be, like... Uh, I don't know if my shot's going to work. You have to be like, I'm taking this guy down right now. So I would wonder where Jacker Manson's confidence is after he just, in his last competition, got thrown around by Hamzat Chimaev, uh in a, I guess it was Submission Underground or one of those, in a wrestling match. Just tossed around, like, I think it was a tech fall. Um, you know, he was ahead, so far ahead on points that they had to... to end it um so i'm wondering if that hurts his confidence and if that helps the confidence of strickland because defensive grappling is all about confidence too if you're thinking like oh i don't know if i could stop this guy's shot you're not stopping a guy's shot but if you know you can stop their shot you're more likely to stop it um and strickland i'm sure saw the grappling match with Chamayev. he's like well Chamayev can throw him around like that i'm bigger than chemayev um, I'm not worried about the grappling. So I don't know, a <clears throat> little outside the box thinking for you guys there, a little uh analysis breakdown thinking about the buildup to this one. Um, because I imagine that's gonna be Hermanson's game plan. Though he can strike too. He can strike with Strickland. You know, Strickland is very like down to the basics. Um you know, throws everything with good technique. You're not going to see him throwing wild stuff when he's out of range. You're not going to see him missing a lot. Dude's accurate. He's technical and he's violent. So this is a really, really fun main event. I'm really looking forward to this one, actually. Then the card falls apart uh, (laughs) after that. Um, Let's see. Okay, we got some gems in here though. Punaheli Soriano uh, against Nick Maximov. I mean, here you have two young guys, uh, two young middleweights, both big, strong dudes, only one loss between them. Uh, so that should actually be a pretty exciting co main event. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. Uh, this dude is like six foot nine at welterweight or something. Like, the dude's big. He's fighting Carlson Harris. That should be a fun one. Uh, Sam Alvey and Phil Hawes. Sam Alvey, I was talking about last week. Like, I don't know how this dude still has a UFC contract. I guess that that smiling gimmick takes you away because this dude hasn't won a fight, I think. What did I say last week? What was it? Seven in a row? All right, so he's lost six of his last seven, and... The only one that he didn't lose was a draw to Da Jung. Um, I mean, respect to Sam Alvey. The dude's the dude's a warrior, he's been around a long time, but uh not a lot of guys getting away with uh, records like this and uh and and staying under contract. Um I, I I assume they're looking for Phil Hawes to bounce back from that last performance here because Phil Hawes is You know, he's built like a superhero. I I think the UFC really (laughs) wants to give him somebody that would be a good name for him to beat, and also there's zero chance of the fight going to the ground Uh, because Sam Aldi, I think, has never shot for a takedown, Uh, even in all those six losses in his last seven fights. Never thought to take the fight to the ground. Uh, Trishon Gore against Brian Battle. That's that's actually a pretty fun one. Uh, two Ultimate Fighter guys going at it. Trace Sean, I remember, was really good on the show, and uh, he's undefeated, 3 0, young in his career. Uh, speaking of Ultimate Fighter, season 22 contestant Julian Arosa at Featherweight taking on Steven Peterson. That should be a fun fight. Julian Arosa is always in fun fights. This dude, you know, he goes for broke out there. He's looking to finish you and. and doesn't even care if he gets finished trying uh, miles johns uh who i believe was from the contender series and john castaneda okay hakeem dao doing and mike Trezano. this should this is an interesting fight that's my sleeper pick um that and Trezano. that's a that's actually a a, a fun fight uh chidi and Jukawani. um and uh, Mark Andre Barrio. Okay, that's a fun one. Jason Wynn, Philip Rowe, Philip Rowe, local guy here, trains at Fusion in Orlando. Just grappled Gordon Ryan not too long ago. Um, so that should be cool. Alexis Davis and Julia Stoliarenko. Yeah, I'm not familiar with anybody else on this card. But you know, at first glance, I wasn't too thrilled about this card, but. Now that I actually like really read the card, which <laughs> if you can't tell, I, I'm, I'm pretty much when you hear me reading the fights, previewing the, the next week, I'm pretty much reading the card for the first time. Like, so you guys get my initial honest reaction. Very rarely am I am I doing any outside research before coming on here and talking to you folks. Um, in any case, I'm all out of Mictors. Uh, so I'm going to have to go fix myself something else while, uh, making some jerky on the barbecue on the smoker rather. Um, yeah, I don't know if I told you guys about, uh, I saw this movie on Netflix called paper tigers and I thought it was really fun. It was like an old school Kung Fu storyline where, uh, you know, the, the students have some personal issues with each other, but they have to defend their their master's honor. Um, but it's set like in modern times. It's got really good fight sequences. It has the guy who does the Master Ken videos on Instagram, the, the Dojo stuff. Um, it has that guy who's, you know, he's actually like a legitimate martial artist and actually a pretty decent actor. Um, I like the banter in this movie like the i i like the uh, um you know just dudes like talking shit to each other like that's my favorite kind of banter um that's why i like the movie grown ups so much cuz i feel like they were just you know they're really friends so i feel like they were just really shitting on each other um and making a movie at the same time uh, so i like that sort of thing um, yeah, good storyline, good fight scenes. Um, it was it was a surprise. <clears throat> I I watched it while I was quarantining uh, during my little spell with COVID last week, and um, I can't remember if I told you guys about it or not. So, Paper Tigers on Netflix, actually a really fun martial arts uh, movie. Um, so that's that, and then. Yeah, if you guys want to get any merchandise or any MMA gear, do so through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website, not com. It's C-O. Uh, you can use the promo code mmarocks 10 That's MMA R O C K S one zero. You can get yourself an over the top under the influence t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie. And I still don't have one of those hoodies. I really need to <laughs> I really need to get one of my own hoodies. I mean, it's it's 50 degrees here. It's, it's definitely hoodie weather. Um, go outside with my MMA on the Rocks hoodie and, and have a cigar if I had one. Um, in any case, uh, you can grab our merchandise, which we greatly appreciate, or you can go support uh, a fighter. They, they sponsor fighters from the UFC all the way down to the local circuit and everything in between. Uh, Muay Thai fighters as well. Uh, I believe a few grapplers uh and fun stuff like that so go check out our friends at team reaper reaper1.co as always i'll put all the links in the show notes um if you guys want to reach out to jeff the animal wilson you can't (laughs) because he's still off the social media and on hiatus but i know you guys all uh dearly miss jeff so If you have any positive vibes you want to send his way you can do so through me at mma on the rocks everywhere on social media you guys know how to get a hold of me that's all i got so until next time cheers everybody goodbye